How are you doing, Sam? Great, dude. How are you? I, I'm alright. Ed's currently, I presume, on a phone call right now. Are you still logged in at work? Yeah. <laughs> in what, which case... What can we talk about now that Ed won't have the chance to respond in kind? We have some breaking news regarding this this man right here, <laughs> a.k.a. This man, right? This man, right? It's my phone. I've got my phone logged in. I've just got Anthony Costanzo as a virtual background. I mean, there's not that great a difference. That's the that's the point that Ed was trying to make, and so we were trying to play if you this little some game. Beef on. Yeah, I think if there was some more like beef, muscle wise, we might be seeing some Anthony Costanzo. Um, I'm gonna log out of of this phone call on my phone, and now I can just sit here on my own thing. But Anthony Costanzo, the uh, All Pro, Pro Bowl veteran left tackle of the Colts, one of the best left tackles in the game, has decided to retire. Um, that is breaking news as of literally forty minutes ago. We've gotten ahead of the curve, damn it! We did it. <laughs> Not just breaking news, heartbreaking news. <laughs> Uh, I'm just going to quickly make sure that I can check exactly what else happened. Um, Adam Gase is rumoured to be the new head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, He has been described as quarterback guru Adam Gase, and to that I say if you're going to call Adam Gase Uh, a guru or anything, apart from like voodoo magic, then... Does that make Sam Darnold kind of a, a brown belt now? I think it makes pretty much everyone that Adam Gase has coached a brown belt. It's a brown belt, but it used to be a white belt. Uh, yeah, you're right. I don't know what the belt system is. Me neither. No, I was in, I was implying that it was shit, yes. as opposed to an actual brown belt. Oh right, so the brown it used to be it might have been one color, and then Adam Gase wiped his ass with said belt. Yeah. <laughs> How the Dickens are you, Samuel? Cylinders. I'm great. This is this is my last day of COVID leave, so I've cleaned the house a bit, and then I've just sat and drank beer this afternoon and played Battlefront. Excellent. Sounds fucking bliss. It's been grand. Yeah. You've done an Ewok hunt. No, it, I, I I can't deal with the high tension. In the <laughs> Hello and welcome to Sniff Up a Lip, the NFL podcast by Brits, with me, Ed Wilkins. Me, Emma Hebron. Me, Sam Long. Me, Tom Chappell. Excellent. Lovely. Anyway, the the first round of playoff games is done. It is. Wildcard week's over. And now we've officially all been eliminated. <laughs> Good job, are, every one of our great, teams. There are a great many things that divide us on this podcast, but now we all have one thing that brings us together. Crippling That's incapability. Failure. Yeah. yeah. Ugh. It's It's... It's nice to have sort of dragged you down to our level, Tom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> In the gutter with the rest of us. Yeah. 
back down into the misery pit you come. It took it took you seventeen weeks, but you finally got me back down there, you bastards. <laughs> Uh, uh, okay, shall we? What kind of order order do you want to go through this? I feel like from from least good game to most good game. So we're talking about the bears first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, another piece of breaking news happened. Uh, Mitchell Trubisky won his first award as an NFL player. He was the MVP <laughs> over on Nickelodeon. It's the only thing he'll win in his career. <laughs> Maybe a CFL a few was years full time. Of <laughs> <laughs> hey, he is he is the next CFL Hall of Famer. Absolutely, yeah. Starter of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Well, that's <laughs> who wasn't that who John Wolford played for? No, it was John Streveler. Chris Streveler. Chris Streveler. That's it. We who did up John on... Wolford play for? Uh, he, he was, he was in the... AA, AAF. Yeah. Yeah. That was it. Um, um, so yeah, Bears, uh, a crushing 29-21-9, was it? Lost it was. It was twenty-one. It was twenty-one-three. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy, J- Jimmy Graham catching a pass right at the end of the game and pissing off down the tunnel as he bids farewell to his career with a devastatingly poor offensive performance from everyone was uh, was a. a, a Sort of last minute, yeah. Reflection. The game, of the game finished twenty-one to nine, but the the six points that were garnered in the last three seconds of the game should be discounted entirely. As I don't are... think they. I don't think they should be discounted because you know some some people are going to get paid for that money, but like <laughs> we the can't really was... analyze them, can we? The game was over when that peach of a pass from Mitchell Trubisky hit Javon Wims in the numbers in the end zone and then just bounced harmlessly away. <laughs> that was the that was the turning point of the game. It did make but me like, laugh that last week we talked about the MVS drop and how awful that one was yeah. and how it might be one of the worst drops of all time and then Javon Wims managed to upstage him as though everything that Chicago does is upstaging the Packers in failure right now. Yeah. <laughs> it's like he forgot he had hands. Yeah. <laughs> No, he actually left them in CJ Gardner's fa- uh, Johnson's face <laughs> back in like week seven. <laughs> oh, Speaking yeah. of, by the way, I mean, trust Nickelodeon to get the game where Anthony Miller gets ejected <laughs> for punching a man in the face, and we also get Cordell Patterson saying "fuck" on live TV. Like, of course, Nickelodeon got that game. Oh, the only way. Um, yeah, I I feel like. I don't know any more about either team. Once again, I feel like I've said that for every single fucking Bears game and every single fucking Saints game. I've I mean, won- and they... I've been, you know, my opinion hasn't changed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what difficult what was that to take away from this? You know, the all that the better team say, won. Yeah, the Saints. You know, the the Bears managed to hold them for like quite a while. Yeah, this wasn't like a bad defensive part. performance by the Bears at all. It's just that the offense could oh, yeah, not no. get anything going. Yeah, um, I mean, I think play calling has something to do with that. Um, you know, on a third and two, giving the ball to someone who's had three snaps all season. <laughs> you talk about the Ryan Null move. Yeah. I was certain it was a read option. I was like, Trubisky's got so much grass, and then I just saw it in Null's hands, and I was like, oh, <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, I mean, offense, there were like, there were, was it kind of 200 and maybe 30 yards of offense total for Chicago, but about 90 of that was on the last drive of the game. And about 80% of it was like between their own 10 and 45. Yeah. And then they just put yeah. it away. Yeah, it, it, it just... I feel sorry for for the the kids who not only like were trying to get into the NFL and like oh they're gonna put all of these cool graphics on it and then like they then I, I saw a post um and I think it was from famed NFL reporter Will Brinson who put uh, something along the lines of uh, my my four year old son has just asked why can't the Chicago team get the slime zone. <laughs> Which Why sums are it up. All the slime? Why are they not allowed in the slime cannons? Ugh, it's because they're hey, not very good. Wilbur, if someone kid. wants to load up a slime cannon and dump Mitchell Trubisky in there, then it's okay with me. Where do, where do the bears go from here? Because I mean, the Saints are obviously like they'll be bol like they'll be bolstered by this move. Uh, they'll they'll keep chugging along if they were going to have a, a stumbling block it'd probably have come against this bears defense and then they haven't they didn't do anything against them so it was like are they going to keep chugging along but the question mark for me is over what happens to Nagy and trubisky and pace in this coming off season because we already know that Foles is still being paid by Jacksonville, so he can stay in Chicago all he likes. Like they they spend nothing on Nick Foles, really. So he can stay if he wants. But mm-hmm. Trubisky, I think that this is the year that he has to either leave or take a contact extension, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah. Matt Nagy hasn't made it work all year and to say that his play calling was the thing that made him great, it's now not with him and it's with Bill Lazar. Where do they go? We are we are two years removed from his head coach of the year for his play calling with that Chicago offense as well. That's the sort of the galling part. Yeah. I think I think that Ryan Pace should be gone. I think that Mitch Trubisky should be gone. Nagy I don't know. I don't know. I don't think I don't think they get enough rope as they necessarily should. I'd like to see him. I'd like to see what Matt Nagy can do with a a better QB. Yeah, certainly. but the problem is they might just have to leverage the farm to get one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I what like long term? Do you think it'd just be like? sticking with holes for a bit and then trying to like trade up for a QB like I mean they 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 could well be in the market for one of these QBs that will drop out of the first half of the first round mm. there's an, there's enough like what you your Kyle Trask's your Mac is it Mac Jones <laughs> Mac Jones yeah yeah sounds like a toothpaste like one of the <laughs> one of those QBs that is not quite as desirable as the others is going to find a home sort of like at the end of the first round. The Bears could definitely be a suitor for one of those guys. But, I mean, they're also a player in the Sean Watson, Watson sweepstakes, supposedly. Mm. Which would not be nice for me. Yeah, I feel like 
out of all of the teams that next year will be a transitional year for them, I feel like the Bears are the ones that really have to make this stick. They're coming off of a what they will consider a failure uh, of like a window that they had like a great defense. They they still will have that defense, but how many of those pieces are going to stick around? Having been sort of almost fucked by the offense and special teams, really like the this was the Bears' defense's chance to make a good playoff run like this past three years, and and complete incompetence from Pace. I'm gonna throw Nagy into it because it it was incompetence, um, and Trubisky slash Foles, I feel like is is gonna have pissed quite a lot of them off. Um, Alan Robinson is set to set to leave as well. He's apparently incredibly pissed off that it's taken this long, and is also likely to leave because he's tired of the Bears' offense. He wants a good quarterback, basically. And right now, I don't think that we're going to get that out of Chicago, and I feel like he's going to move on. There's there's a lot of transition here, and I don't I don't know where the Bears go from here at all, aside from just sort of trying to hold on to that middle. But if I was them, like there's there's nothing wrong with a four and eight and getting a, a completely fresh quarterback next season. There's guys like Spencer Rattler coming into it potentially next year. It, it, um, is it John Jones Jr. as well? Is it, is it Stephen Jones Jr.? The... Stephen Jones Jr., I think. So Every name that you've said about like players coming out of college sounds like a child that was born in like a truck stop. <laughs> Spencer Rattler definitely sounds like yeah. <laughs> But then what about Hadley Memorial? He's coming John out. Jones Jr. <laughs> <laughs> His brother is John Jones Sr. What was that? <laughs> I said Hadley Memorial, of course. Hadley Memorial. Hadley Memorial. That's, That's the... less truck stop and more kind of white suburbs, but still irrevocably <laughs> bad. <laughs> God, that's it's... a horrible name. It says, it says a lot. It says a lot that I, I made up the name Hadley Memorial for my Adam Gase piece a couple of months ago. <laughs> and it says a lot that you think that that's good enough to just be nameless white QB. <laughs> yeah, Hadley, but they managed to put like four Ys in it. <laughs> HJ. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that the Bears have, they've got a decent defensive core. I mean, Khalil's going to be there for a couple more years. I think Akeem Hicks is in a contract year. I think so, yeah. Um, but the other thing is they've got Roquan Smith, they've got Ed Jackson, relatively young guys and relatively team-friendly contracts. Are the, it, it, it's an idea that they might go 4-8, and eight, but then they've got enough players to win now if they sort of leverage the future on the present a la Bill O'Brien. Yeah, but there's a risk when you try and do a a Bill O'Brien in that you may end up completely bumming your franchise for the next, like, 15 years. So, (laughs) let's... let's, uh... I've not heard bum used as a verb in so long. (laughs) Not since I was, like, 17. (laughs) Oh, 14 years ago. Dave, I'm not 31. 
I'm old, but I'm not that old. Uh, it's funny because these sort of jokes will start happening to me in about two or three years' time. So I'm I'm just letting them, I'm letting them roll through, while I can still get out, still get some kicks out of them. Shall we move on? Let's move on to the second least interesting game. Um, that did have an upset in it. Seahawks came in, played the Rams. It was an absolute shit fest. Fumbles, bad passes, bad play. Defences were on top. Just a really boring game of attrition. Yeah. And do you know? Do you know the Seahawks have been shit ever since they changed the name from CenturyLink to Lumen Field? They were actually shit before that. I think they were shit ever <laughs> since Let Russ Cook happened. Well, I mean, they were shit all over except for Russ and perhaps DK and perhaps Tyler Lockett and perhaps Chris Carson, but like. <sighs> Their flaws really came to play hmm. after the the awful example of targeting we saw from Jamal Adams. And Tom, you, I know that you're a little bit less cynical than me, but if you have to slide on your sp- stomach to headbutt someone, you know exactly what you're doing. It's difficult to argue with that, isn't it? It it is difficult to argue with it. I I don't know whether or not I'd call it like the most disgusting act I've seen on a football field. Um, but it's I mean it wasn't it wasn't in gamesmanship spirits. That's for sure. Uh, I think it was. I think he was trying to injure the QB. Oh, sorry, sportsmanship spirits. I meant so. <laughs> yeah, definitely was gamesmanship. Um, yeah, it. it Jared Goff playing just what thirteen days after having thumb surgery and still mm-hmm. passing all over the Seahawks team, and this is Jared Goff who is complete shit when he's healthy <laughs> at the best of times. So, what the fuck were the Seahawks doing? I don't know, and they are—they're another team that could, I mean they could definitely be seen to be wasting the talent that's there on the complete opposite side of the ball. Yeah, you've got. I mean, Bobby Wagner ended up going out of the game hurt for a little bit. I don't remember seeing him come back on. Oh, he came, I, he came straight back on. Yeah. I, Literally I, the next snap. I forgot <laughs> that he was even a thing as soon as he went off. And then I forgot that the game was even a thing as soon as he came back on. Like, I just didn't... <laughs> by that point, it would already it was already done. The Seahawks weren't coming back. No. It, it became clear when, I think, as soon as you started to get the the stuff going on on the sidelines between DK and P. Carroll. That's that's a sign that your team perhaps isn't ready for the the, the lights. No. And I'm not suggesting that com- contributed to the loss, but I think just the the pick six when they tried to force feed it to DK. <laughs> I it was it was yeah. I, I've not seen a screen pass that poorly executed for a while. It's it's all on the um, who who's the uh, is it Jeff Swaim? Uh, maybe it's all on the guy who's supposed to block the wide receiver screen and just allows the DB past him and straight in for six. Yeah, but that was that was game over. Yeah, it, it yeah the Seahawks just never got rolling. The Rams, I wouldn't even really say they did, but they were allowed to pass all over to me i don't i don't think that we learned much about 
what the NFC Championship game is going to be because to me it will still be Packers versus Saints. I don't well, think you might be able to make a case for the other team that made it through, which we'll come on to, but I don't think the Rams are getting there. No, no. I mean, it's clearly low tide in the NFC right now. It is. And if you remember, sort of three or four years ago, there was only really one team in the AFC that was any good, and the NFC seemed like it was stacked, like every team could make a Super Bowl run, and now the tides have turned, and we're seeing just a, a complete clusterfuck happening in the NFC right now. Shall I use a third tide metaphor, just Go real on. quick? There's been a, a rising tide in the AFC that's lifted all the boats. Fantastic. I like <laughs> yeah. it. We're, we're bringing them out today, boys. Oh, get all your cliches in. <laughs> a game of four quarters. Hey, mate, I, just, I put my trousers on after my socks, same as everyone else. <laughs> oh, awful. Right. Awful, awful cliches. Oh, we finished. He's back. He's back. I feel like he went entirely so that he didn't have to talk about Seahawks Rams. Hey, friends. Uh, I mean, it's a happy coincidence that I missed it. Was it the landlord? Uh, no, it was Hannah. Ah. The handlord. So the picture of Mao can come down. <laughs> <laughs> but... You do realise no one other than the, the two of us is going to get the reference to Mao Zedong there. Well, I'd hope, I'd hope that someone would get it, but not that I ascribe entirely to his values. <laughs> but Sam Longdon, the staunch communist. <laughs> hey, I can I can get as big on Maoist Twitter. <laughs> Um, have yeah? Do you guys think you've covered Seahawks Rams in? I almost think we've said too much. Yeah, I don't want to talk about <laughs> fucking. Should we? Should we hit? The, should we do a sort of NFC sweep? Well, I was gonna say that maybe Titans Ravens was less interesting than. I don't think that's true. I enjoyed that one. I mean, I enjoyed this one, but I enjoyed that one. I enjoyed the other one. I think a little bit more. Bit. Okay, we'll go Titans Ravens then. I mean, I'm happy to go. I'm happy to go but for an NFC sweep. If you go in Titans Ravens, all right. Yeah. Um, the Titans, who came into it as favourites, but the Ravens, yeah, were they were on an upswing of, of form post Jackson shit in Week 15. Uh, the Ravens were hot prospects going into the playoffs. And then the turd that rocked the world. Yeah. <laughs> the turd head round the world. <laughs> um, yeah, this for, for a relatively low-scoring game, this was very exciting for me. Yeah, it was It was the, the archetypal game of you don't yeah. need to score big to sort of have a really good game. Yeah, yeah. and the 2013 Ravens. Uh, but yeah, they, they really fucking pulled up their bootstraps. Mm. Yeah, I uh, I thought that this one was probably one of the like weaker Ravens' offensive performances, but like they still got the job done against a very well. I say very poor Titans defense. Throughout the regular season, the Titans defense was appalling, but 
in this game, it did seem like both defences came to play quite a lot. Lamar Jackson got picked off twice. Ryan Tannehill didn't really get anything going in the air. Derek Henry was held to absolutely nothing. Um, Didn't he get about 40 yards? Something along those lines. Yeah, 40-something yards on 13 carries, I think. Yeah, uneasy lies the head that wears the crown, everyone. We can go Shakespeare (laughs) in this podcast. Um, (laughs) He's bringing out two central tenets of this podcast, Mao and Shakespeare. (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't call any of those central tenets. (laughs) Heavily (laughs) left-leaning. Yeah. Um, that Lamar Jackson run for the touchdown was insane. Like it I was. kind of forget that he can do that sometimes. I think you never forget, but I think that I certainly do. There's there's something I think that ra- the Ravens are the, unlike a lot of other teams. The the you feel when you watch the Ravens like any play could be the big play. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like. If you watch the Lions all year, like you know that they can throw the big pass, but you know that for some reason you're not like oh, I'm so invested. Yeah, you're not really waiting for someone to like break out of the backfield and take it sixty yards. Precisely, and I don't know why that. Is. I think it's just because no one else plays in no one else's style. Even looks vaguely like what the Baltimore Ravens are doing right now. Oh no! Oh no! Matt. I think my Zoom's crashed. Your camera's definitely frozen. I, I was about to say. Has Mal... I mean, it's quite a nice image. It, it's not bad. Looked, I feel I've like... looked worse. We weren't going to mention it because of the audio aspect, but if it is your Zoom crashing, then maybe this is how it goes. But uh, yeah, yeah I, I'd, I'd agree with that. It's like it's not that you forget that it can happen, but they they pick their moments, I think. If they'd have tried it on really any other play, I feel like maybe the Titans would have read it. But it just seemed like Greg Roman dialed yeah. it up at the exact moment that it was needed. Um, which, to be fair, is basically all that the Ravens are good at, I'd say. like They know exactly when to call the right thing. Um, it's just a matter of execution. And they didn't execute well in the first quarter, but boy did they step it up that second. And It just felt like the Titans never really got going offensively. Um Baltimore had an absolutely superb defensive plan. Go on, mm-hmm. you, you. I was just going to say there was one, there was one um, Titan who I thought did play well on offense, and that was uh, AJ Brown. Well, yeah, AJ Brown, absolutely stellar player. Um, <laughs> he's like he's like a, a sort of slightly more rotund Julio, isn't he? Well, he's what. The Seahawks think DK Metcalf is, yeah, a horrible to bring down, uh, fast, aggressive guy with very solid hands. I think he will end up being an absolute stud in the league for quite some time to come because he's just he's got that he's got that oomph and he always seems like at any moment he can take over a game and I feel like. When you've got Derek Henry and AJ Brown on your team, you've got two of the most explosive, uh, just surprise players that can just oh you didn't cover them properly and now they've gone seventy yards for a touchdown like great <laughs> yeah turns out you only grabbed that shirt and now <laughs> Derek Henry's trucked you in half yeah <laughs> yeah um, AJ Brown <laughs> will fight you 
That's actually what's on one of the one of the big banners outside Nissan Stadium. What AJ Brown will fight you? <laughs> yeah, just a picture of him. Like, <laughs> uh, for those who were listening and didn't get to see that, Ed held two fists up as though in a gentlemanly manner from 1850, saying "fisticuffs, sir." <laughs> I don't know any other way of fighting. I don't think that you do now. Um, but yeah. And then this game had itself a little bit, of, a little bit of a spicy edge to it, right at the end of the game, um, as the Ravens make a, a game-sealing defensive stop. Uh, was it an interception? It was a pick. Yeah, it was a pick. They uh, went over to the center, well, the center logo on the Titans field and danced on it. Which, after what the Titans did back in like week ten, week nine, some yeah, whichever week effect. it was. The for those who don't know, the Titans basically uh, all went and danced on the Ravens logo, and Jim Harbaugh got incredibly, or John Harbaugh got incredibly angry about it. Uh, complained in the press conferences for like four days straight afterwards, uh, and then the Ravens make this stop and go dance on midfield. So, mm-hmm. uh, which I think that's such a stupid party foul. Like, <laughs> well, I just don't get why. I mean. Who's butt hurt enough to be upset when someone dances on the middle of the field? But then also, why why is everyone now just doing that? Just there's a have a sense of decorum, NFL. I I mean, I don't have a problem with any of the dancing on fields. I have a problem with people getting pissy about it, and it's because <laughs> at what point did people start giving a shit about people trash talking in the NFL? Ever since the 70s, people have been talking shit and doing things to piss off the other team because it's a highly competitive, highly, like, high-adrenaline sport where everyone's going to try and have a little bit of fun and have a dig and they're going to fucking make these these gestures that they know will get under teams' of skin. Why are people complaining about it now? And I mean, what, I'm not... what changed from Randy Moss doing... Various shit like pretending to moon the Packers or Chad Johnson on every play calling out every defensive coordinator that he comes up against. What changed in terms of like people's perception? I don't know. Um, I I've never been an enormous like it's not what draws me to football. Like when you when you see like Deontay Harris like catch for three yards and then do this at the camera, you're like, come on, guy, just. Get back in the huddle. Yeah, but, like, but like some plays, are, yeah, some plays, yeah. You're allowed to lord it over someone, but I think, I think if you disrespect a team in the way of dancing on the dance on the center, I think a you're an idiot, and b the other team doesn't need to be so butthurt about it. I I can agree with that. I mean, just so long as we get to the point of teams don't need to be so fucking miserable about everything. Jesus Christ. <laughs> they always bitch about oh it's the no fun league and it's like well yeah because you've just spent the last 15 years bitching about like something that happened like what yeah. let people have fun they're all kids basically like the oldest guy in the nfl right now is like 45 yeah. and then most other guys the guys that will be doing the celebrating are probably at most 31 that's mm-hmm. still young let them have fun Give Michael Irvin back his crack and strippers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think that genuinely, I, I've been thinking about it quite a lot because I've been 
rewatching all of John Boyce's videos about specifically Barry Bonds um, and also various other guys that took steroids in baseball. I think that we should have a separate category where if you want to take roids and like do drugs and play like the hardest that you possibly can and push physical uh, sport to even beyond human limit, fucking do it. Like let us let's let's watch that one as well. The Julian Edelman League. <laughs> <laughs> Julian Edelman, a roid head? Oh yeah. Is look, at Julian, look at Julian Edelman. Look at Julian Edelman and tell me that man occurred naturally. Yeah, that's true. I think Rob Gronkowski <laughs> probably counts as well. I th- yeah, I mean, has did was Gronk ever suspended for it? Because I know Edelman was. Uh, I'm not sure. To be honest, I didn't even know that Edelman was suspended for it. Oh, yeah. it's ba- The PADs in the NFL are basically like... I don't know, like misspelling something for i don't know um, this isn't a very good point but just this they don't point, yeah they don't sort of treat it with any anything more than a slap on the wrist yeah apart from if you will follow where they'll get suspended for six six games in baseball you get suspended for eight uh 80 games if you found using peds yeah but isn't that about two weeks in baseball <laughs> <laughs> it's about the same amount of time yeah half a am season I, am i on you're on the camera's not on yeah we yeah, hear I don't you. know why it's all right we'll 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 figure that out you best get it fucking sorted before the super bowl speaking of um since we're at a bit of a halfway point we're going to be doing a, a live stream aren't we where we all sit down and watch and discuss the super bowl maybe maybe we'll have a little bit of a a quiz perhaps mm-hmm. for people to join in with We've not written yeah. it yet, but I'm sure at some point we'll figure out some shit. And I'll get train involved. myself to not pick my nose on camera because this is it. no experience for me. I certainly have a face for radio, so I'm not I'm not it's altogether fine. loving it. It's fine. <laughs> Most people don't have a face for live streaming, but still do it, myself included. Um, but yeah, we'll be doing that. So get involved, really. Watch it while you watch the Super Bowl if you want to. If you want people to sort of discuss it with every day one man must sit on the floor in some pillows next to a clothing rail in a spare room while his colleagues sit on a comfy bed with appropriate seating for just 200 pounds in total we can get this man a chair and a table so that he can podcast in comfort and not need to stretch his groin every week. Please, please pledge as much as you can, or as much as you really want to, to this poverty-stricken boy, and help him afford a table and chair. Please go to http colon forward slash forward slash www.stiffupperlippod.com forward slash the cleft chinchilla appeal appeal. Thank you, and please donate what you can this unfortunate boy thank you this has been a message brought to you by the cleft chinchilla appeal appeal foundation if you would like to know more please visit our website thank you all right moving on washington buccaneers where tom brady did his thing and the buccaneers won the game but man oh man do we all love tyler heineke right now 
it was it was far better than it deserved to be. Far better. I had such a such a great time watching this game. Mm-hmm. I'm sort of, I'm, yeah, he was brilliant, but I'm sort of glad that he lost as well. Like, I'm sort of glad that they can't do a sequel and it inevitably disappoint. Mm. Yeah, we got we got like a, a shrunk down version of Lin Sanity, and it doesn't have to ever come to an end. Yeah. Nobody will sign Tyler uh, Taylor Heineke as oh he's fucking back hello yeah um, yeah no one will sign Taylor Heineke as a starter and if if anyone does then they're gonna ruin it for everyone yeah, yeah. yeah. I just I just want a nice good backup that I can be happy when I see instead of having to like slog through with Colt McCoy <laughs> and it really is a slog isn't it really when you've got Colt oh. McCoy out there. <laughs> Man alive. The Wait gunslinger himself. Um Did did while I was gone, was that when you discussed Cleveland No. Pittsburgh? No. Okay, cool. We've not done that one. Okay, cool. <laughs> Don't worry. My my grin would be wider if we done if we hadn't. <laughs> <laughs> so you started on the NFC without finishing the AFC? No, we're what? just doing them in terms we're just doing them in in, in terms of how fun they were, yeah. So, they, 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 yeah, I think the the reason Washington lost wasn't through any sort of lack of heart. Like I feel like Big Ron had them up for it, had them motivated, but it just came down to a lack of a lack of talent at certain mm. key positions. Yeah. Like I think that I think that Washington had such a strong D line, but I think the secondary and linebackers at time looked really quite suspect. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um Yeah. And with Tom Brady kind of, you know, reaching the heights of old, at least for me. I don't know what you guys thought of him this game. Or just uh, best, this, yeah, yeah, best Brady performance I've seen in a long term. Yeah. Like you you can't kind of Go in there with a you know half formed defense and hope that you'll get to him enough to to throw him off. Some sort of primordial ooze at linebacker. <laughs> <laughs> um, hate to clean out his locker. Oh. <laughs> you know he he's actually found a second um, found a second life as the uh, color commentator for the Nickelodeon coverage. <laughs> <laughs> oh Jesus no, but Christ. wouldn't wouldn't he be like dumped on <laughs> Yeah. He's the one that was dumped on Sean Payton. <laughs> that's why that's why Washington didn't look great at linebacker. Because it would still be all over Sean Payton. Yeah. The Bears that's game was after. Oh, sorry, Tom. Sorry, we sorry we broke that crucial yeah. kind of. This Look, narrative was married. clearly functionally substantial until you came along. What can I say? With I hate, I'm just here to ruin your fun. Me's on plus. <laughs> what? <laughs> Sometimes I just like to throw in little segments from other languages because I know that then you'll just go what. <laughs> I mean, I don't think like I feel like mise en place has been kind of incorporated into 
general English use enough that it feels like. Yeah, but I imagine if I said ensuite to Tom, he'd be like, what? I know what ensuite <laughs> means. What? You mean piss bucket? <laughs> Lean to the outside. <laughs> it's not like I didn't do any languages at school. I didn't just fucking sit there and just learn maths and football and that were it. What happens, what to do when your canary dies? (laughs) (laughs) Textiles is just making flat caps over and over and over and over. I'm from literally 30 miles away from you. You're from Chesterfield. Sorry that my education wasn't quite... How many fags can you smoke in 14 minutes? <laughs> I think oh. I think if you took a sample of 100 people from Chesterfield, 100 of them would be emos. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, if I straighten this fringe out... Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, actually, you, you look like the bassist from Paramore. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to cut me so deep. <laughs> there's this in Chesterfield when I like just nip to the shops or something there's this guy that I always see and he's really old and he's like the most committed emo I've ever seen like he's always got like straightened either jet black or neon hair and he's always got skinny jeans and like it and he's like 60 like oh, uh, what that's... has to happen to you in your life for you to latch onto that culture at that age, instead of like growing big vegetables, um, you think he just he just goes home and like puts some on some atreyu. <laughs> God, that's a fucking blast from the past. Jesus, I don't th- I don't remember the last time that I ever listened to atreyu. I don't think I don't think I ever did. It's just like you you guys don't even understand me. I'm I'm running away from home. But it's just like a psycho like skeleton in like a shawl. That got really fucking dark. <laughs> Buccaneers Washington. <laughs> Sorry, can we just talk about the fucking Stephen King's psycho that we've just had to endure? I have a I've got a twisted mind, man. <laughs> <laughs> Don't pigeonhole me, man. <laughs> uh, yeah, was it Buccaneers, Washington? Yeah, Cameron Brady played well. Oh, great! Him and him and Brady. Are... Does does Gronk exclusively block now? Is he just a blocking tight end, and that's it? I think it might be because if he tries to run more than five yards, his <laughs> leg falls off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, then they have to like go out and like shove a homeless person into a duffel bag to get him a new one. It's a big process. <laughs> I mean, by the sounds of it, we can just go to that that poor old bloke's home in Chesterfield that you've just mercilessly <laughs> roasted. There's, there's plenty of spare body parts it. lying around. I respect the man who's committed to the emo lifestyle at I 16. respect it as well. I don't know why you're giving him I, I such a scathing review. I, I respect him, yeah. but not in a respectful way. Yeah, I respect <laughs> him in the same way I respect wildfires. 
<laughs> I, yeah, I accept the power. What, well, they must be stopped, but they're kind of beautiful in a, in a tragic way. <laughs> That's exactly what I was going yeah. for. Thank you for picking the nuts that like, up. Like, no one, no one that old should wear jeans that skinny, but I have to appreciate the enthusiasm. Somebody here clearly hasn't seen Danny DeVito wearing jeans that skinny. In which case, looks like a hard-boiled egg. (laughs) (laughs) He is the equivalent of Humpty Dumpty. (laughs) Anyway, that's the second Danny DeVito reference in two episodes. (laughs) Wait, what was the what was the one from last time? Sam's moustache looks like Danny DeVito and Matilda. Oh, it does. Yeah. (laughs) I'm, I'm really sad that I'm going to have to shave this off tomorrow for work. Why? Well, I know it'll be under a mask. I did promise Hannah that it was just an isolation moustache and nothing more. If you don't do it, I will leave you. Well, there we have it here, folks. If Sam is crying at the Super Bowl and he's still got a moustache, <laughs> yeah. we know what happened. Yeah, I Hannah, mean, will you just do us a favour and do that to camera, please? This uh, This computer... And probably by extension the webcam and headphones, given that I can't use them on any other system, uh, kind of Hannah's. So, they're Hannah's. So, if I am crying at the Super Bowl, it'll be over, like, a modem that I've managed to, like, rig up (laughs) behind an Aldi. You won't be able to... You'll be able to hear me, but it'll be, like, just faintly and, like, behind a dial tone. I mean, you can rig them up in this flat if you want. Put you next to the lizard. What is someone doing in your flat? Not in my flat. It's literally just outside. I don't know what they're doing. I might just open the window and menacingly shout at them. Oi, can This I've got it here. I'm trying to do a fucking <laughs> podcast here, you dickhead. <laughs> you know... <laughs> There are examples of scary people who don't sound like Ray Winston. <laughs> but I always find that they're not quite as scary if they don't. I don't know. I think we'll get the second reference of the chairman in tonight. If, if I was... <laughs> if I was, like, making some noise outside a block of flats and someone leaned out of the window and was like, Oi! I'm trying to do a podcast here! I, nothing could kind of persuade me to continue more. I, I actually you can't... kids watch the NFL night. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to do analysis on Cameron Brake's stunning display here, you can't. Okay, I feel like we'd stray ever further from the path. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how much further along the path we can actually yeah, go well, for this what, game. What more do we have to say for Washington Tampa? Try again with a new quarterback next year, Washington, and you might actually get somewhere. Try again with fucking Tyler Heineken. No, no, no. Actually, no, no. I said that earlier. I want a, I want a nice backup that I can enjoy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, give us Casablanca, Captain America, Tyler Heineken. <laughs> Cutting. Going after the big guns. <laughs> well, if, it, if this That's is a Maui podcast, we have to at some point. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, right. Let's let's keep going. Uh, yeah. The, let's move on. The second to can last. We call, can we call this episode the Little Red Podcast? <laughs> 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 oh. All right. 
Because I want to talk Bills Colts last because that was that was the best clearly game. the best game of the entire thing. Yeah. We're going to get Browns and Steelers out of the way, and the Cleveland Browns curb stomped the Pittsburgh Steelers, who tried to curb stomp themselves early doors. <laughs> it felt like it was less of a Browns stunning performance and more Cleveland put their uh, sorry Pittsburgh put their mouth on the curb, ready and waiting for Cleveland to just stamp right on the back of their head, a la American History X. Yeah, I mean it did end. 48-37, which sounds closer than it really was at most points. Yeah. There were there were a couple of kind of, you know, yeah. I think, was it the second or third quarter where the Steelers managed to put up like 21? It was the third point? quarter, because at yeah. halftime it was like 35-7. to seven. Yeah. yeah. And... It was prodigious garbage time production. And then it, it, But the thing is, is it, I don't even know whether or not it was even really garbage time. It was just like typical Steelers attempted comeback where it's like, oh shit, we're down big. Alright, we're now going to suddenly start playing like with the fucking Patriots from 2009. Like, great, here we go. And then all of a sudden, Tom, like it just goes to shit again. You've just defined garbage time production. <laughs> well, no, because like there was actually hope. It happened in the third quarter. The fourth quarter. Dude, that, was I'm where sorry, it went there was shit. There was no hope. There was 50 minutes of garbage time in this game. Yeah, no, trust me. There were 10 points in it going into the fourth quarter, and then Mike Tomlin decided to call for a punt on a fourth and one oh, on the, the like 49 oh, yeah. yard line, and the um, the momentum shifted back into Cleveland's hands, how, and it became a disgusting cowardly. game again. Can you possibly be? Well, this is the thing. We didn't actually talk about it in the Ra- uh, Ravens-Titans game, but Mike Vrabel well, yeah. and Mike Tomlin were both trying to fucking coward each other uh, in this uh, in this wild card weekend. Because we had Mike Vrabel trying to punt down by seven in a close defensive show-off when you've got Derek Henry, and you've got the Steelers who, on like... The brink of the fourth quarter decided, oh yeah, we'll just punt it here, fourth and one. Like, in fact, it wasn't even just that. They actually were within midfield. They were at the 49 yard line on a fourth and one, and they trotted out the punt team and then tried to draw them off sides. Like, that isn't going to work. Yeah. You put the offense out if you're going to try and draw them off sides. Yeah. That... And then just took the delay of game and. And then just punted, and it was like, I. I don't know what the fuck that was all about, and to be honest, I hope that it never happens again, but no doubt it will. It I will again. See, I don't want to see any team that bullshit like that in the playoffs. No. No. No, the moment that that happened, I was ready for it. Like, I mean, I was already ready for the game to just be over and the, and the Browns to be given the win, because <laughs> we'd played like absolute ass. But the moment that we punted on 4th and 1, down by 10... In the fourth quarter, oh sorry, at the beginning of the fourth quarter, with the momentum, I was ready to just be like, right, no, fuck it, wrap it all up, boys, let's go, time to go home. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, from yeah, it was a, the the first quarter ended twenty eight to nothing, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. After the after that, fucking pouncy snap. Oh, it was literally the first snap of the game. Um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the Browns. The Browns had a defensive TD before a skill player on either team had touched the ball. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Just astonishing. And who I know, kind of, um, was it James Connor and Big Ben? ben? Yeah, it was... they didn't manage to get that. Is 
astonishing. I mean, less so Big Ben because, you know, he's Big Ben. He's not he, getting anywhere. He just assumed the brown guy was going to get it. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, I've watched the clip because I wanted to see exactly what happened. And he literally stands yeah. and waits for yeah. James Conner to get it. You're right. He did just assume yeah. that the brown guy would get it. Yeah, it's like it's like he's at, he's at a hotel. And he turns around and no, expects the little brown man to have his bag. <laughs> uh, yeah, just and then the the picks from Ben as well were some of the worst I've seen from him in like quite a while. Yeah, the, the, tacky, was, the one to tacky tacky. The one to tacky tacky was was an awful read because he just doesn't see him. It's the same sort of yeah. throw that we've been criticizing like Carson Wentz for making this entire season. Um, yeah. But the the check down uh, to Benny Snell where he just overthrows him directly at the guy, awful. The Deontay Johnson one, I think, is less on Ben. Yeah, I think that, that one, he throws it to Deontay and it's a little high. He does overthrow him, but it it's, is a, it's a catchable yeah. ball. Yeah. And Deont- yeah. If it's not, if it just falls to the ground, it's too far in front of Ronnie Harrison to actually make the play on it. But yeah. because of the deflection from Deontay Johnson, it then hits him, and it was just like a compounding of errors, um, yeah. which is, I think, what made the second and third quarters so infuriating for me. Because yeah, so painful. Because it was literally like Ben Roethlisberger then started absolutely carving them up. The run game started to work. He threw an absolute dime to Eric Ebron and then again to Chase Claypool later on in the game as well. And it was like, okay, so this team could have just been doing this instead, but we'd got out to that awful start, played like absolute dog shit. When the tacky tacky pick had already like had happened, it was it was it was game sealing, but the game was done by that point. It honestly, it was like watching a like a microcosm of the Viking season inside four hours. Yeah, most likely, except no run game to lean on. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, but I don't even know. It, it, I don't even think that I'd put any of this on James Connor because he did get yards when he was on the field. He actually had some pretty pretty big runs. It was just yeah. that when you're in a twenty-eight to nothing hole, you're you don't really get that back. freedom on the running yeah. game. Um, I, Juju had a good game as well. Juju <laughs> be... had over hundred and fifty yards uh, and and a touchdown. I felt that the Steelers receivers, for the most part, had a pretty good game. It was just, they got in the hole and it was just a shit performance from there on out. Yeah. So. I mean, you know, the Browns where do, the Browns. Where did Pittsburgh go from? Yeah, we're not really discussed the Browns, but I feel like I'd want to hit Pittsburgh really briefly. Where do you think they go from here, Tom? Uh, I have no idea. So, the, in the same position as the Bears are going into their transitional point, and will be disappointed in wasting a very talented defense, um, and we don't really know where they go. Pittsburgh are in the exact same position, but I don't know how easy it will be to rebuild because there's there's guys that will be retiring. Marquise Pouncey is apparently going to be retiring. Uh, Alejandro Villanueva is leaving. Um, but he played like dog shit all year. In fact, I actually, I got into a, uh, I got into a thing with with someone that runs a Steelers account that it, they they've been criticised a lot on Twitter this this account because they steal other people's videos, and uh, 
I put like also at the uh, at Steelers, please release Alejandro Villanueva. And this guy like quote tweeted me and tried to throw me to the wolves. But he put like he's not been he's he's been really good this year. Just get Game Pass. I was like I've been sat watching the Steelers film on Game Pass all yeah. year long, and I have <laughs> seen Alejandro Villanueva miss about ten blocks a game. If you're going to come I, yeah. at me for, for not having Game Pass, at least fucking back up that you've got the wrong fucking man. He's a good dude. He taught Juju to drive, but he has looked like an Easter Island head in pass protection. Yeah, he's he's been he's been dog shit, and it's going to be a, a bit disappointing because he was one of our most productive left tackles for quite some time, yeah. uh, but he's played like dog shit, and if we're going into this period of transition, I'd rather get a fresher younger guy. I think that the other thing as well that we've not really talked about is personnel choices for the Steelers have been really shit this whole year. I've criticised how Claypool hasn't been in the game despite like a very good start for like three or four weeks. Um, Why did Matt Feeler or Matt Filer, who'd (laughs) missed two weeks and had played like absolute dog shit for 15 weeks before that get the start over Kevin Dotson who hadn't allowed a hadn't allowed a pressure and was our best run blocking office uh, offensive lineman why did Matt Filer get in there and then immediately give up two holding penalties and a uh, ineligible receiver downfield penalty like thanks Matt those were on well, two big plays as well my add. I mean the the kind of illegal receiving like penalty I think you know he would have expected Ben to get that off far far quicker yeah Yeah. those are almost always on the QB yeah Yeah. so I don't think that's really on him but I mean obviously the holding call I mean it was just also the fact that he was just getting beat every time and I felt like him Pouncey and Villanueva in this game in particular because Akura uh, Ford played really well again. De Castro actually had probably his best game of the year, but crucial short yardage situations where Pouncey would just get bull rushed or Filer Pounced, giving up poor, if you will. poor holding calls and, and getting beat. Villanueva missing basically every block that he had. It was just the left side and the center of the O line was just atrocious. So why not have Kevin Dotson in there? I don't understand that he's been our best offensive lineman all year, most consistent. Why not give the rookie the start, for fuck's sake? The Cleveland Browns. The Cleveland Browns. They played well. They played really well. Uh, Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb absolutely ran all over the Steelers' defense. It was... They had quite a lot of short yardage situations, but they made made it count, and that is... Mm-hmm. Baker Mayfield was getting those passes off like a lightning bolt. I saw, yeah. uh, I saw like criticisms of like the Steelers, especially D line, saying that they'd not performed particularly well. But like in the same reason why the passing game for the Steelers worked early on in the year because Ben was throwing the ball in like yeah. half, well one and a half two seconds. Baker Mayfield was getting the ball out so quickly. Yeah, I don't know whether or not you can really blame them for getting to that point. Like, no, I don't think the Browns can. schemed it. I think that's well. just 
Yeah, I think that's just on the Browns kind of scheming for that and, you know, not giving that D-line a chance to mm-hmm. to pressure Baker as much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, also, it also has to be said that the Browns have probably the best O-line in football oh, yeah. right now yeah. as well, yeah. especially on that right-hand side. Mm-hmm. Um, I think as well, uh, the Browns managed to make quite a lot of defensive errors pay, especially by Terrell Edmonds and Mike Hilton. I felt like the pair of those who had been very good all year uh, struggled, especially in open field tackling. The The game ceiling touchdown for me was the Nick Chubb one where it was a screen pass oh, and yeah. Mike Hilton dives low, doesn't make the tackle. Vince Williams just bounces off him. It's what Nick Chubb can do because he is incredibly difficult to tackle, but... Hilton, Williams, and Edmonds just made an absolute ham-fisted attempt at it. The Jarvis Landry slant touchdown, a great play by Jarvis Landry, but the pursuit angle from Edmonds was appalling. Um, I think that the Steelers did miss Joe Hayden. I don't know whether or not he would have been any much more effective because for some I reason... I think Keith it was written put- in the stars. It was written in the stars that yeah. Pittsburgh were going to lose this game. I don't think personnel changes would have made much of a difference. No. So, yeah, Cleveland played well. Um, again, here first, everyone. Yeah, going back to uh, why have every well, why is everyone such a little bitch in the uh, in the NFL? But just in terms of anything, why are people making such a big deal out of like comments that people make after losses? Who made who's when did this become a thing? So explain explain this to me. Do you mean the like people jumping on Juju and Chase Claypool? Yeah. Before I mean I don't I don't, I think that's like always been a thing. Like I think when you make those kind of statements before a game, like regardless of who it was or when it was. Or... Oh, I fully understand the Browns players giving Juju shit for it during the game because that was fucking. That's the spirit of it. You trash talk people. That's the whole point of the NFL. You you talk shit yeah. and you try and back it up and the Browns backed it up and Juju backed it up on his own performance but the Steelers didn't help him. But like I've got nothing wrong with the Browns like making a, a point about it. They can do whatever they want. Everyone finds motivation in certain ways and sometimes you've got to trash talk for it. But the comment in particular that I'm I'm going to refer to is the Claypool one where he did like a little live stream and he was breaking down game film and he was he was doing it all perfectly fine and he was like talking well, it was about just like a little offhand like yeah you know it was they'll, they'll you know I can't remember exactly what he said so he I said think I know what you guys are talking about so. so in this in this like live stream that he did on on TikTok he was like breaking down the game film and he did it all like perfectly fine. And there was a throwaway comment that he made, which was, Brown's going to get clapped anyway in the next round by the Chiefs. Like, he said it just as a throwaway thing. And I don't know whether or not it's because he was like... I thought this was before the game. Oh, no, no, no. It was was after the game. It was well fucking matter? Exactly. It doesn't matter. It's It's a rookie wide receiver who balled out all year. And he's a bit frustrated because... The team lost, even though he played well. He's going to be a bit frustrated because this was a great chance for maybe a deeper playoff run in his first year. He feels like maybe things could have been different. He's a little bit salty. People, people get salty really... after losses. 
why are we now fucking in literally the amount of comments that i have seen from like nfl uk groups or people that i know that have been sending me the thing i'm like you do realize that he said this in a tiktok while he was breaking down game film and it was a throwaway comment and also like why are we making a big deal out of it nobody needs to give a shit it's a fucking rookie wide receiver talking like a bit of trash about a rival. What? I, <laughs> fucking NFL fans are dumb sometimes, man. And the NFL <laughs> media is dumb, as as I think we are. But why are we clowning people for just saying a thing in a TikTok once? What's TikTok? Exactly, you don't even know. I respect don't, it. Don't don't try and fucking like man of the woods. No, he he genuinely doesn't. I've tried explaining I mean, it I, to him and Emma before. I know I know what it is now, but I didn't know what it was when Tom first explained to me what it was. Yeah, isn't it run by the Chinese? Uh, I think yeah. it was. Is that? I'm not sure. Is that a consequence? <laughs> it's not the NBA. Um, <laughs> I mean, the NBA definitely is run by the Chinese right now. <laughs> anyway. um, shall we? Yeah, shall we move on to the sort of the blue collar? Mm. Oh, it was a fucking treat for all involved. I yes, agree. I'm talking, of course, of the Indianapolis Colts and the Buffalo Bills. What was the score at the end? This game transcended score. Didn't need scores. <laughs> One team won, but so did everyone hey, that tuned it's, in. It's such a pet peeve of mine that we never say the score for games, and I try and make a point of it. Yeah, but we we did that like in season one, and I I felt it felt too robotic. Kind of, yeah, but it just I don't know. It was twenty seven point four bills. If you if if you want to be Mister Scores, you know Sam Scorer. Scorm. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, if we weren't calling this the Little Red Podcast, it'd just be Scorm. (laughs) I might just make the description of this one just no no context in it, just Scorm. (laughs) Why? What? It's. I know what you mean about it sounding robotic and it makes it sound like, you know, the Bills played the Colts and they won 27-24. Yeah, we're not final score. Yeah, <laughs> but it, I don't know. Buffalo it, Bills 27, Indianapolis Colts 24. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I know everyone just goes on to CFAX and gets their, their scores like everyone else. But I think I genuinely think Tom is too young for CFAX. No, I'm not. Is he bollocks? I know CFAX. <laughs> Everyone loves a bit of teletext. Come on, <laughs> we all love a bit of teletext. I was never really a fan of using it. Phil was so in. Phil was, I think, the last person to ever use teletext. Like it, it we we had a computer, and like he knew how to use the internet and everything. And he'd come into the front room while we're watching something and like, oh, I just want to check scores. And check them on teletext. Check them on teletext. My dad oh. my dad literally did the exact same thing. Shout out to Brad. 
big up. So, <laughs> I, I, I can only talk about my granddad, and I used to go around to their house, and on the television would either be Antiques Roadshow or Teletext Holidays. Teletext <laughs> 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 yes. Holidays. I want to know who these mad bastards were that were buying holidays off of Teletext. <laughs> if you were one of those mad bastards that were buying holidays <laughs> from Teletext now. Holidays, please reach out. Yes. You have won a prize. <laughs> you won a speedboat. Asterisk, asterisk, asterisk. Can we please get back to Bill's Colts? <laughs> yes. After uh, our teletext rabbit. Yeah, hole. I think I think this was the fucking Colts game to lose, man. Like I am kind of, you know, I absolutely think that the you know, looking at the season as a whole, the Bills deserve to, you know, stick around more. But I like there were a few mistakes. Bill Rivers didn't look great for a lot of it, I didn't think. But goddamn, did they like drive the Bills into the ground for a lot of this. I agree. Yeah. I felt like this game could have gone any direction. It, like The amount of swings and roundabouts that we had, you know, if we're going to stick with cliches... Um, Phil Rivers, I I actually disagree. I felt like he played this game about as clean as Phil Rivers has played a playoff game yeah. in his career. Um, well, he played El Rio. Yeah, yeah, he 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 had a good game. I thought. Yeah. Um, this for me, this was a game about incredible linebacker performances. I thought Darius mm. Leonard was amazing. I thought Matt Milano was amazing. Yeah, and so was Tremaine Edmonds actually yeah. as well. Yeah, just. All round, very good linebacking performances uh, from everyone involved. The Josh Allen play from this game was what we've been sort of hoping to see from Josh Allen coming into the into the postseason. He had this absolutely superb regular season, and it just felt like this one was just like him wrapping it off. Like we are. We are getting to the point of Josh Allen being an elite quarterback, and if he can make yeah. a deeper playoff run and get past Baltimore this coming week, then Josh Allen could be a guy to stick around for quite some time. Mm-hmm. Feels very Favian of, uh, of him. Yeah, he is Favian, isn't he? I, I always hear John Elway, and I, there there's something about because he's just got such a fucking howitzer of an arm, hasn't he? That's what it is. And like Favre, he struggled for his first uh, first few years in the league, really. Favre didn't pull up, any, uh, pull up any roses for quite some time, but Josh Allen coming into, what, fourth year? has yeah. really, really hit his stride, and yeah, it's a scary Buffalo Bills team to, it- to come. It's mm. a, it's a shame that we'll be viewing India's also rounds as well because they really made this game mm. special. Like I know yeah. we're not we're not yeah. kind of selling it that, that well, but like if you want just a treat, if you want to lo- watch what football should look like, mm-hmm. watch this game. Oh, I'm absolutely going to watch this game again. Like at some point, that's mm-hmm. going on the kind of off season template. Yeah, I'd um, I'd, I'd probably agree with that. Yeah. Is have Indy said whether they're gonna keep Phil Rivers around? No, no. Because um, there were points at this game where was it? They were about, I think, at the forty or fifty yard line, 
and you tried to heave it into the end zone and just couldn't. Like, his arm is withered and vestigial at this point. See, I disagree with that. I don't think he's. It's not a case that he's not got distance. I just don't think he's got any zip. You're you're a Rivers apologist, and I, will I am not a Rivers elected. apologist. I am I am a hundred percent a Rivers apologist. But it's not the case that he can't throw deep. He just it seems to just like hang in the air for an age. Yeah, it does like, seem to float. Like he he can throw it fifty yards. It's just gonna find its way into a DB's hands at the end of it because they're gonna be underneath it, camped, fucking cooking some fair. beans by the time that it comes down. <laughs> but he did put on a performance and we can't take that away from him if that was Phil Rivers' last it could well be his last career game then well this is the thing like out of the playoffs now there's Rivers and Roethlisberger when and if Drew Brees hits the point of either elimination or winning the Super Bowl will he be stepping away will Tom Brady retire I mean, what, well, what reason has he? To... Well, yeah, we see the return of Ryan Leaf. Well, this is the thing, like, old, not the Ryan Leaf thing. I mean, does Tom <laughs> Brady have a reason to retire? He doesn't, but, like, what what um, else will I... Tom Brady do if the Buccaneers end up making it into the Super Bowl and either winning or losing? Really? It would be, it would be, like, I I hate Tom Brady. I really, really don't like him. But it would be kind of baller if he just won a Super Bowl and was like, yeah, I'm out. Find a new quarterback. I mean, that's basically what Peyton Manning did. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What What kind of deals he got in Tampa? It's more It's more friendly to him than it ever was in... <laughs> it ever was in New England. Like, he's finally getting taxes. paid like... Yeah. Yeah, but he's finally getting paid like a true sort of great QB whereas he, he was always on because of the sort of the Patriots like this code that if you go to the Patriots basically you're saying I give up a portion of my salary in order to get an increased chance of winning like it's a registered thing that star players take pay cuts to go to or they used to do that to go to New England I can't so imagine now he's finally going to be taking a fucking pay cut to go to New England now though <laughs> Oh great! We're gonna to... get the increased chance of a six and ten record with Cam Newton at the helm. Let's go! Yeah, they have Take to leave like cut. a trail of money into the building. Yeah, <laughs> Monopoly think... money. But <laughs> Jay Cutler's there sniffing around. <laughs> 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 Christian Hackenberg's making his triumphant return from fourteen years in the Tibetan mountains. <laughs> I don't think I Sam's ever heard of Christian Hacker. I can't wait for 10 years' time when I actually understand all these like dumb throwaway <laughs> references you make to people that no one's heard of. I mean, well, Devlin yeah. Hodges will be one in two years' time. Duck Hodges. Hodges. Oh, you missed all of last season, didn't you? Yeah, I didn't Sam, do you not know who Duck Hodges is? No. Who's Duck Hodges? He he was the one who flew in through the window for Tom. He yeah, when Mason Rudolph got <laughs> uh, taken out by Earl Thomas's late helmet hit, Duck Hodges th- flew in and and ended up taking the Steelers back to like a slightly winning record before Mason Hodges. Rudolph ruined it again. Honestly, he's like probably working in a Whole Foods somewhere now. 
He's he sounds like practice kind of a charming, a charming drifter type. He is. No, he was. He, uh, he literally is the sort of guy that will bounce from practice squad to practice squad just so that he can go hunting in different places. <laughs> That's who he is. Do you say that entirely because his first name is Duck? No, no, his first name is Devlin. He's, he's called Duck champion. because he's, he's a, a world, world champion, champion duck caller. Fuck off. He is. <laughs> this is why, he, like, everyone was wearing like duck helmet, uh, like duck hats to Steelers games how, for a year. It was ridiculous. Everyone the narratives, really... Sam. The narratives. It was really. I mean, funny. I'll tell you why I missed this. Because any podcast that I did last year was the result of me listening to around the NFL and watching the highlights on YouTube. But not anymore. No. no yeah, anymore. I'm all in, baby. Will you ever be out? Like when when lockdown is all over, do you think you'll I don't go back think to? I like uh, I have like uh, there's like now I actually listen to like podcasts and like stuff like that because I enjoy it and I actually know what they're talking about and it's a distinct shift from like I always remember coming back from like lectures on a Monday on the bus, listening to around the NFL and piecing together what happened from that and the like 10 minute highlights on YouTube. <laughs> this is a pretty damning indictment of the sort of quality that we were pumping out year one. Oh yeah. <laughs> like, I always think this whenever you. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, obviously I wasn't kind of, you know, swinging for the fences, but it's also a damning indictment of the rest of the that you let me be a part of it. That's true. That's true. To be fair, <laughs> actually you actually you did more than than uh Beth did for at least three of the weeks that she guested on. Speaking of, when are we gonna get another guest appearance from the bowler? Don't know I invite her every week. She says no I'm not interested. <laughs> so I'm guessing that this is her completely done. With it, hey. Well, I mean, she's the is she the Tyler Heineke of this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> she showed up for some ten minute highlight specials. Mm. Had a glorious run. Yeah, a reliable backup. Escaped <laughs> off into the sunset. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Hannah likes the Ravens now, so. Woo! Ravens. <laughs> uh, Hannah's think... very pleased that she knows who Lamar Jackson. Just tell Hannah that he's not even the best QB that wears purple and number eight. Don't, I... don't tell her that. <laughs> That's a complete lie. She doesn't know who Kirk Cousins is now, and I intend to keep it that way. I want to shield her from that blight. <laughs> Hannah says that Kirk Cousins doesn't look like a man who plays good football and that he looks <laughs> dead inside. <laughs> <laughs> Sam, be sure to mention that he was uh, in the Glee Club at, at high oh, school. Oh, yeah. What have you yeah, done with your inside, life, man? But he has a song in his heart. <laughs> I would genuinely love to hear him singing Country Roads. <laughs> Maybe Hannah he's on Cameo. She, Hannah said she bets it's out of tune, though. How dare she? I'm sure he's got a lovely singing voice. Yeah. You can, you can hear it, like, rattling around. <laughs> a suspiciously kind of bulging locker at US Bank. <laughs> <laughs> I've made this joke. I've made this joke about six weeks ago, but you I'm did. sticking with it. Yeah. yeah, I just, I just, I've never seen a man who that when you said that Kirk would put on the nativity, I just thought like that is one hundred percent who Kirk Cousins is. Yeah, a he man is. with a, a 
terrible phobia of flagpoles. That's that's a man that's a man that wears tighty whities if I've ever if I've ever seen one. <laughs> Only it's from Applebee's. <laughs> His wife's like, "Where do you want to go, Kirk?" And he's like, "Applebee's." <laughs> She's like, "Do you not want to go to Pizza Hut?" And he's like, "No, Applebee." You can guarantee right. that he doesn't have seasoning. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, can I have my chips, but can I have them just potato? <laughs> <laughs> Some oil's too spicy for him. Can right, you, I am going to have to shoot Can you boil down, my French fries? <laughs> <laughs> it was lovely once again. I feel like I always leave early and I always give you these sort of very floral exit statements, but it's okay. It gives us a lot more opportunity to rip on Kirk without any hopes of rebuttal. Well, I love you both. I, I love you, Anthony. <laughs> and I love you, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Uh, See you later. And then there were two. There's always two right at the end. Well, we're the two kind of pillars. And other people kind of come in and go. But we kind of firm and steadfast in our support for this endeavour I mean that that means that by your own reckoning I was holding up the podcast last week, uh, last year yeah doing uh, doing the work of two men even though it was entirely Emma that was doing it and she's just yeah. <laughs> she's removed the, herself as a pillow and you've just slapped yourself in here You know, there's only there one was, constant one common denominator kind of a... Yeah, there was kind of a power void. <laughs> you know, yeah, swept in. Not unlike Chairman Mao. And this is where we where where we end. Um, <laughs> if you'd like to catch anything yeah. that Chairman Mao is up to on Twitter, then <laughs> <laughs> yeah, follow Stifflet Pod on Twitter for all your latest Mao updates. Yeah, you can follow us at Stifflet Pod. Um, just before we go, actually, I do I did promise that. Last week, if we had any outstanding comments from anyone on Twitter, I would read all of them. We had some comments, so thank you oh to every single person God. that um, well contributed with re- really with the polls. Um, our awards show last week, we had plenty of things, and we asked for your votes. Ah, so we put out of here all of our lippies. options. Um, for MVP, you, you all voted Aaron Rodgers, eighty-eight percent. Coach of the Year was won by Sean McDermott, 47%, beating out Matt LaFleur, Kevin Stefanski, and Brian Flores. Uh, Offensive Player of the Year for the AFC was Derek Henry. Um, No other nominations. Uh, Offensive Player of the Year for the NFC was Devontae Adams. Defensive Player of the Year, TJ Watt won the award. Um, Aaron Donald was a very close second. Offensive Rookie of the Year, Justin Jefferson ended up Ah. winning it. 60 to 40 against Justin Herbert. Really? And then defensive rookie of the year, Chase Young, 100% swept it against Jeremy Jin. Wow. And then finally, for comeback player of the year, Alex Smith beat out Alex Smith and Alex Smith um, <laughs> with the 64% of the vote. Uh, but yeah, thank you to everyone that has tuned in. And uh, uh, Wait, who got, uh, who got NFC defensive player? We didn't split out the. I didn't split it out on Twitter. Cause oh, who got? Oh, okay. We voted. We voted for the same player. James. 
James Bradbury got 6% of the vote. I think that was me. It was you. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't tell me who I voted, uh, who was the vote, but I'm assuming uh, yeah, that 6% of 16 is you. It was me. Yeah, it's absolutely you. But yes, anyway, um, thank you to everyone that has tuned in. Um, over the course of the entire yeah, season as thank well. You, thank you for your hand in our stiffies. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> yes. Anyway, you can you can you can go check out everything that we do elsewhere. You can find everything that's written over on our good friends Gridiron Extras website, including by me and Ed at https colon forward slash forward slash minus the dot com. And uh, Sam, give us a closing remark. Uh, that's football, baby. <laughs> 